We've hit the end of the week. Hello, welcome into y'all. And we're all about the South, getting you ready for this first full weekend of the month of May. Weekend meaning Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it looks like it might just be a beautiful weekend across the Southland as we get ready to party down. In fact, we're going to have a party to get you started for the weekend right here on this Friday Y'all show with John Rawl. You can catch us here. If you've got something planned, we want to know about it. 803-816-1170 is how you can get in touch with y'all. And we welcome that. Our website is y'all, dot com. the homepage of everything Southern. It is y'all.com. And we want to know what's going on. So let us know, would you please? On this hour of the Y'all Show, we've got a look at headlines from across the Southeast that we will be sharing with you as we have some news coming from Atlanta. The mayor there deciding not to seek re-election. And this follows the controversial decision she made last year when one of her cops there on the Atlanta Police Department was uh, at least one, I think two were actually fired. And now it's coming out that one of those has been reinstated. I don't know if that had much to do with it or not. In Alabama, the legislature there dropping the resistance, and it looks like Alabama's going to okay medical marijuana. People are going to be getting high in Alabama, of course, for medical purposes at this point. And we have some higher education news from both the states of Alabama and Louisiana to pass along. Also, the brother of the 40, 40th president, maybe, George H.W. Bush, Jonathan Bush, passes away in Florida. I'll share some information on that uh, as we get along. A man in Nashville used his colostomy bag to go after someone. I'll tell you about that. It happened out uh, outside a Kid Rock's club in downtown Nashville just to add insult to injury. All that is part of our headlines across the southeast. And then we have something else we'll talk about on today's Y'all Show. Does Mississippi have an addiction to porn? We have a breakdown of the states that are most addicted to pornography. And Mississippi, if you're listening to us in the Magnolia State, we need to talk. I think you might have a problem. But I'll tell you who the other states that are leading the way in terms of watching porn. As a study is out, we'll share that here on today's Y'all Show. Here in this first hour of today's Y'all Show, we usually have our fishing forecast in the second hour on our Fridays of y'all but we got a special guest coming in via telephone an hour or two a musical guest and because of that we thought we want to give our buddy craig faulkner our fishing buddy the opportunity to get on his weekend a little st- he wanted to go out to the lake a little quicker so we said lake or pond <laughs> you know it depends on how big the thing is and depending on how southern you are i still call some of the big massive lakes around the southeast a big old pond but he wanted to, to maybe go out there and get his hook wet earlier so we're going to let him do that craig faulkner and the fishing forecast for this week is coming up in the next segment of today's y'all show and then before this first hour wraps up today we're going to rewind back to a episode from wednesday i think it was and we had a book out that's all about lewis grizzard the great newspaper columnist from atlanta who passed away in 1994 and we have a wonderful interview with Peter Stoddard, who wrote the book, Louis Grizzard, The Dog That Did Not Hunt. And we've got a selection of our Wednesday interview that we'll be playing later this hour as part of I-C-Y-M-I. 
in case y'all missed it. And that'll be coming up. And we encourage you to go to y'all.com and not only hear the entire 20-plus minute interview we did with Mr. Stoddard, but you can watch that interview at y'all.com. Just go to the Y'all Show page at y'all.com. You'll see it, big red bar. When you go looking up there toward the top, it'll say Y'all Show, and it's highlighted in red. I mean fire engine red, too. And you just click on that, it'll take you to the page where you can either watch that interview or you'll see the podcast option and and go back to this week on Wednesday for the full interview with author Peter Stoddard, uh, who wrote the book, Louis Grizzard, The Dog That Did Not Hunt. And that'll be coming up later this hour. So we got an author interview and a fishing forecast here in hour number one. And then let me go ahead and tell you what we got coming up at the start of the second hour of today's y'all show. We have got a great show. I promise you. I just promise you that we do. We have, of course, our Friday free-for-all, getting you ready for the weekend. And that's where we play a a fun song, Party Crowd, David Lee Murphy. That'll get you in the weekend mood and mode as well. And we have this every week, wrapping up our week, a fun sing-along, if you will. And I encourage you to roll that window down and join me. I am not going to ever make it as a hit singer-songwriter in Nashville, but I can sure sing in the shower, and and I think y'all probably can too. So join me at the start of the second hour for our Friday Free for Y'all with David Lee Murphy's Party Crowd. Then we're going to be joined on the telephone by a guy who has his his music's caught my ear, and it's a it's a really incredible story that that I was kind of fooled. I John Rawl, who claims to know a fair amount about music, got stumped. And in this case, I don't mind being stumped. It's actually a pretty neat story. But we're going to play a little bluegrass music at the start of the second hour, thanks to Jimmy Melton. Jimmy is an accomplished singer-songwriter. Mostly, a, 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 He's mostly a guitarist and a banjo picker. In fact, when he was a young lad, he was on Chet Atkins' TV show playing alongside Chet Atkins. Chet playing guitar, and Melton was playing the banjo. And... And he's got a song out that I've been hearing on the radio, and I'm going to play it for you today. And it is going to be one heck of a song. It's about the coronavirus, but it puts a bluegrass spin on the coronavirus, and you're going to enjoy it. From Henderson, Tennessee, Jimmy Melton will be on in hour number two. We'll play the song, and Mr. Melton's going to be on the telephone with us to tell us about his career and this song, and it ought to be a whole lot of fun to play bluegrass. We don't often play bluegrass music on the Y'all Show, but when you got a song that is an homage to people like Bill Monroe and Ralph Stanley and also to the great, not Jimmy Melton, but the great Jimmy Martin is part of this song too. It's a great song. I'm excited to play Deal With This, and it's going to be played in the second hour of today's Y'all Show. So if you want to hear some good bluegrass, it's coming your way at the start of our Number two, we also have a quick look at some of the college sports news. We got a big weekend in college baseball going on this weekend. We've got the semifinals of the FCS college football playoffs that we'll share with you who's playing. A couple of Southern teams going against each other this weekend. And we also have some tragic news coming from the 40 Acres as the brother of Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger. Ellinger just got drafted last week, but sadly, his brother, a member of the University of Texas Longhorns football team, has died. 
and I'll share with you the latest on that coming from Austin. So that's part of our college roundup in hour number two. We also have a quick look at some of the movies that are debuting this weekend in hour number two. And before we get out of here today in hour number three, we're going to let you hear the the brand new football coach of the Presbyterian College Blue Hose. Now, why am I playing this? This this story just broke this week that Kevin Kelly has been hired at PC in Clinton, South Carolina, a FCS school, and they're not even a scholarship program anymore. They dropped out of the Big South. They're heading to the Pioneer League. Why is Kevin Kelly going to be given some airtime here on today's Y'all Show? Well, he's just now getting hired at Presbyterian, but before, he had been the head coach at Pulaski Academy in Arkansas, which has won so many state championships in the natural state. But his theory is he never punts and he never kicks off to the other team. He does an onside kick every time. In fact, he's got a female kicker. And Kevin Kelly has now gone from the high school coaching ranks of Arkansas to being the head coach of the Presbyterian Blue Hose in South Carolina. And there's actually a, a kind of a documentary TV type show about him that I found. And I've got some audio that I'll be playing in hour number three. I salute to a high school coach going straight from there to the college ranks. And that's just happened with the hiring of Kevin Kelly at Presbyterian. That'll be coming your way in hour three. Plus, we've got a look at festivals across the southeast. We've got some great stuff going on. We've got two strawberry festivals in the state of Tennessee this weekend, one in Portland and one in Humboldt. I'll tell you about both of them here in the second, uh, rather third hour of today's Y'all Show. And we also will close it out with from Dixie with Love. All that right here on the show that covers everything Southern. Now, I would think that's a pretty darn good mixture of things to talk about. Let's go to the capital city of the state of Georgia and Mayor Keisha Bottoms says she's not going to seek re-election. Of course, Atlanta, one of our largest cities in the southeast, and Mayor Bottoms has been there. She's gotten a lot of attention. She's kind of had a a dust-up, if you will, through the last couple of years with President Trump when he was in office. But now she's announced that she will not seek a second term. A surprise, frankly, that marks a big-time turnaround of what we thought was a certain chance for her to be re-elected in Atlanta as she was the city's second black woman executive who months ago was among President Joe Biden's consideration for a running mate. The 51-year-old disclosed her decision publicly in an open letter, and she also put out a video on Thursday night after telling her family and close friends that she was not going to seek re-election as Atlanta's mayor. She wrote, It is with deep emotions that I hold my head high and choose not to seek another term as mayor. As she wrote, saying she'd prayed about the decision, which comes at a good time, as Thursday was the National Day of Prayer. She said that she'd been praying about it, and with her husband, Derek, an executive at the Home Depot, decided not to seek re-election. Now, let me tell you a little bit about her background before I move over to maybe some of the rationale of why she decided not to run, because she has been a a kind of a star in democratic politics. Like I just said, she was almost picked to be the vice president for Joe Biden. Almost, but she ended up not being picked and therefore she uh, is still the mayor. She uh, actually, she's got some music heritage connected to her as the politician, 51 year old mayor of Atlanta is the daughter of R and B singer songwriter, major Lance, major Lance who died 
in 94, but Major Lance had a couple of hits in the 60s, including The Monkey Time and Um, 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 Um. <laughs> and really became a bigger singer in Great Britain than here in America. But Major Lance, a native of Winterville, Mississippi, and a couple of, like I said, R&B hits back in the 60s. And he, he's the father of the Atlanta mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms. But she's decided not to seek re-election there in the Peach State. Now, the mayor, while she was in office in the summer of 2020, we had an officer involved shooting just south of downtown Atlanta. And when that happened, of course, there was unrest. I know a Wendy's got burnt down there in the Atlanta area, right near where Richard Brooks had been killed. In fact, that's, I think, the same parking lot that he was killed, that Wendy's was burnt down. But Mayor Bottoms, she had Officer Garrett Rolf, uh, Garrett Rolf fired in the heat of all of the, I guess, tension of that shooting of this man in the summer of 2020. And she's now defending her decision to dismiss the police officer following the death of Brooks. And Bottoms said this week that she stood by the decision to terminate Officer Garrett Rolf, insisting it was the right thing to do. But he's actually been reinstated on the Atlanta police force. And Rolf, involved in the shooting of Brooks, a black man who fell asleep in his car at the Wendy's drive through and police body camera video shows the 27-year-old struggling with these two white officers that they told him he'd had too much to drink to be driving and tried to arrest him. Remember, he's the guy that I think fell asleep in the drive through or something kind of bizarre there. But I don't know on this incident from June 13th or, or June of 2020 that that had a direct correlation to maybe why the mayor of Atlanta is deciding to hang it up after just one term in office. Now, here's a, a story from the bizarro world. This comes to us from Fort Jackson or just outside of Fort Jackson in Columbia, South Carolina. That is the number one training depot, if you will, for the United States Army. If you're an 18-year-old kid coming out of high school and you want to sign up to serve Uncle Sam and you join the United States Army, there's a darn good chance that you'll be shipped off to Fort Jackson for your basic training. Well, an Army recruit allegedly charged into a school bus, hijacking the school bus, and it had 18 people on board. And this guy, again, an Army trainee, Joven Colazzo, a New Jersey native, a 23-year-old, was armed when he went on this bus in the Columbia area. No one was injured, thank goodness. But, my, what a what a black eye for the United States Army having a trainee. What's he doing on a school bus? What, why is he not being yelled at and going through basic training? Colazzo is going to face dozens of charges, including 19 counts of kidnapping for the 18 children and the driver that was driving this bus. That, according to the sheriff of Richland County, South Carolina, Leon Lott. And he said that that call coming in about this was probably one of the scariest calls we can get in law enforcement. The general there at Fort Jackson is Brigadier General Milford Beagle. And he said the recruit jumped the fence at Fort Jackson in an attempt to return home. <laughs> He's going to jump on a school bus and go all the way back to New Jersey. He jumped the fence at Fort Jackson to get back to New Jersey. And Beagle said his weapon did not have ammunition, but those on the bus would not know that. This was a bus of elementary school students. And the kids started asking a lot of questions to the suspect 
and he got frustrated. So, again, he didn't have bullets in the gun, and it sounds like he didn't really have this all well planned out. In fact, it sounds like he doesn't need to be a member of our armed forces anyway, and Jovan Colazzo is going to spend a lot of time in the brig, if you will, for his decision to jump on a school bus full of screaming kids and try to hijack it, and he, he doesn't even have a bullet in his gun. What is this guy thinking? Or, you know what? Maybe he was not thinking. <laughs> and uh, that, again, coming from Fort Jackson, Columbia, South Carolina. Now we go to Maryland. You know, Maryland's a blue state, but there are pockets of red in Maryland, and they're proud to be red in portions of Maryland. Well, in Calvert County, a billboard there is in the news because of its what's called vulgar attack and poop emojis against President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. The billboard, and this billboard's been up for a few years, it's it's had different messages there in Calvert County. The latest one, I'll try to clean this up. It says, don't blame Trump. You are stuck with these two SH, you know what, heads from all your deplorables in Calvert County. And it's a very colorful billboard with cartoons of the president and vice president, Biden and Harris, with their emojis of their faces over poop emojis on this billboard, where people traveling on Route 4 at Bowie Shop Road in Huntingtown, Maryland, will see this pretty hard to escape it. A lot of people don't like it, but according to the County Board of Commissioners, there's nothing that this county can do for language that's on a legal sign. The county, this country was built on the foundation of free speech, and sometimes we like what free speech says, and sometimes we don't. Well, the Calvert County, Maryland Democratic Central Committee is definitely against the message, and they want it taken down immediately. They call it deeply disturbing But again, anybody can put up a legal billboard on your own private property or rent it out, I guess. It depends on the billboard company, how you have a contract with them. But we have a First Amendment, and this is not exactly something that you want your little kids to see because of some of the graphic uh, words and visuals. But in Calvert County, Maryland, some people are not happy with the current president and vice president of the United States. All right, to Montgomery we go. The Alabama legislature has dropped resistance to an effort to make medical marijuana legal in the state. And after years of trying, it looks like it's going to pass. The House of Representatives in Alabama voting 68 to 34 to pass the medical marijuana bill, which would allow people with qualifying medical conditions to purchase medical marijuana with the recommendation of a doctor. The Alabama Senate late Thursday voted to accept the House changes and sent the legislation to Governor Kay Ivey. So Governor Ivey with a chance now to sign this into law and make it a legal thing to light up if you need it for medical reasons in the state of Alabama. And it just becomes the latest southern state and a very deep southern state to make marijuana a legal item in that state, at least in the form of Medical marijuana, in this case, in the state of the heart of Dixie State. Yeah, that's that's what we're going for here on today's Y'all Show. So moving from Alabama to some news coming out of the, uh, the education front in the state of Alabama. The fifth oldest women's college in America, Judson College, 
is going to close. Yes, the Judson Board of Trustees voted to close the Baptist Affiliated School for Women in Marion, Alabama. The Judson College founded in 1838, and it's closing after 183 years in business. The school had asked for help in December to remain open after declining enrollment and financial difficulties caused by COVID-19. The college announced it had raised $1.3 million earlier this year and that it would open for the spring semester. But now, after nearly 200 years in business in Marion, Alabama, the Baptist-affiliated Judson College, the fifth oldest women's college in America, closing. Not good when we have our southern colleges, at least like this, almost 200 years old, closed down a beautiful campus there in Marion in West Alabama. Of course, Marion also home of the Marion Military Institute, which is a small school also located in that same lovely town in the heart of Dixie. Now, higher education news coming from Louisiana. William F. Tate IV is going to be the president of the Louisiana State University system, and he becomes the first black to be the leader of any Southeastern Conference college, for that matter. And this was a vote for him, a unanimous vote vote by the Board of Supervisors for, I guess, the state of Louisiana or Louisiana State University. The board interviewed three finalists. Then they got in and debated for a while. And now Tate will have the job as the LSU system president and chancellor of its flagship university. Go Tigers, the old war school Louisiana State University's Baton Rouge campus, which I think technically, and this is coming off the top of my head, LSU's official name is Louisiana State University and, oh gosh, you know, I'm having, it it has something to do with, I think it has something to do with agriculture, I think. Let me see here. Let me pull it. I got to cheat. LSU is the official name because it started out as a war school. It's actually officially Louisiana State University and Agricultural and Mechanical College. So it's kind of a mixture of LSU and Texas A&M, huh? Well, officially it is. And if you ever look at the, the actual seal for the, the university, way down at the bottom, they put and Agricultural and Mechanical College. So if you're a Tiger fan, you kind of are, 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 you're kind of an Aggie. <laughs> How's that make you feel? LSU established in 1860. Do you know who was one of the professors or one of the instructors at LSU in those days? A fellow named William Tecumseh Sherman. And Sherman actually had sympathies to the South. That's what they say, at least. He didn't have too much sympathy to a place called Atlanta, and he sure didn't have too much sympathy to my birth city, Columbia, South Carolina, because those two cities were burnt to the ground when Sherman and his contemporaries passed through in 1864 and in 1865. But congratulations to William F. Tate IV becoming the new chancellor of the LSU system and the first black to be an L, uh, the head of any college in the Southeastern Conference. Tate is currently the provost at the University of South Carolina, which puts him in charge of the academics at 13 schools and colleges plus two medical schools. So he'll be leaving Columbia for the bright lights of Baton Rouge. He'd also been a candidate for chancellor at UTK, University of Tennessee in Knoxville, in 2020. But now he's finally getting his chance to be the the big dog, or in this case, the big tiger at LSU. How about this? Would you be willing to pay to read Twitter? Well, evidently, Twitter is 
kind of in support of that as it's introducing a tip jar that allows you to pay users for tweets. So, yes, it just makes those who sit there at a computer all day and send sometimes offensive, sometimes funny. I'll give it credit there. There's some people who were pretty funny with their tweets. But now they can make money off of what they put on Twitter as it's been announced this new feature called Tip Jar will enable tweeters to pay others for inspiring, insightful, and everything in between tweets. And, yeah, a virtual tip jar for Twitter. You can select which payment service that you prefer, and you'll be transferred from Twitter to the site where you can, quote, show your support in the amount that you choose. And tip jar enable services include Venmo, Patreon, PayPal, Cash App, and something called Bandcamp. I'm not too familiar with that one, but you can just... Spend your money however you want now via Twitter if you see somebody out there on Twitter that you want to do that. The brother of George H.W. Bush, Jonathan Bush, who would be the uncle of George W. Bush and Jeb and all that, Jonathan Bush has died in Florida, and he died at the age of 89. He lived in Jupiter, according to a spokesman for the Texas-based George and Barbara Bush Foundation. He actually would have turned 90 in just a couple of days, but he died at 89 in a post on Twitter. The George and Barbara Bush Foundation said that Jonathan was, quote, a fine gentleman and a noble soul, adding that he was a great song and dance man, without a doubt the best dancer of his siblings. And again, the brother of George H.W. Bush, Jonathan Bush, dying at age 89 at his home in Jupiter, Florida, and chances are, just like George H.W. Bush, he, he came to Jupiter from somewhere up north. A sad story coming from the Atlanta suburbs. A 97-year-old man, 97-year-old man, was murdered by two people, and now those two people are being charged for the murder of this person outside of Decatur. DeKalb County officers discovered the body of William Scott in his Decatur home on Tuesday morning. And now two people arrested. The police there took Mark Patrick Fleck, a Tucker resident, and Devin Michelle Young of Ackworth, Georgia, into custody in the case. Jail records show Young was also charged with third-degree forgeries. So going into this 97-year-old's home in Decatur and killing this person in the state of Georgia, just a very, very awful thing. And one last Sort of interesting story to wrap up our initial news items across the southeast here on this Friday. So a man outside of Kid Rock's bar in downtown Nashville, uh, he he, he, he may have had a little bit too much to drink. Well, this person allegedly struck police officers with his colostomy bag in Nashville. A new way to go after people, going after them with your colostomy bag. But this allegedly happened, again, just outside of Kid Rock's bar, Kid Rock's big honky-tonk rock-and-roll steakhouse, and this bizarre incident happening there on Saturday night. A drunk man using this colostomy bag as a weapon during an altercation with police officers. Oh, this sounds like a Kid Rock song. And the man... In trouble for that. Police reports state that two officers were hit with the contents of the bag. It also says that the suspect was drunk. Oh, really? I would have never guessed that. Drunk and unable to stand on his own when he was taken into custody. And these 
an outlet called the Smoking Gun identifies the suspect as 39-year-old Nicholas Newhart. The site also states that he has multiple tattoos, including at least one that appears to be linked to neo-Nazi imagery. And now, according to the Davidson County Sheriff's Office, Newhart is being held in the Davidson County Jail in lieu of his bond of $4,500. Fox News evidently reached out to Kid Rock's big honky-tonk rock-and-roll steakhouse. That's quite a name there. Let's say it again, everybody. Kid Rock's big honky-tonk rock-and-roll steakhouse. Reached out to them for a comment but did not immediately receive his response. What can you say there in their defense? I mean, uh, a guy had, I mean, it happened on the street. So to their defense, I don't think it was technically maybe even on their property, but getting hit by a colostomy bag, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. You know what does sound like a fun? Lots of fun. Craig Faulkner and his fishing forecast. We got a big, exciting weekend across the Southland in terms of the outdoors, and Craig's going to tell you some good tips about what to do when you hit the pond or lake. All that's coming up next on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. weekend is here and it's the first full weekend in the month of may and you know it's time here on y'all to have our weekly fishing forecast craig faulkner is back in with what we hope is going to be a good forecast for the weekend if you're a southern outdoorsman well this is a special segment we have each and every week and craig faulkner has his pulse on all things southern outdoors welcome back in and craig how you doing today, John? I am doing great, and we hope you're doing great. Uh, I'm going to get into the weeds of this, but how's it looking for this weekend? I think I mentioned last week, uh, April and May, as good as it gets for fishing. Uh, the water level in your area of the country, maybe too much rain, but there's always somewhere you, you can go. And... Uh, Another thing I mentioned last week, uh, if you don't go, you don't know. Yeah, you heard, you said that. And, if you don't uh, believe me, rewind. Go to our y'all.com. You can see the archives. He said it. And we've had a lot of rain in uh, my area this uh, past week. Uh, I'm actually going to do something I hadn't done in a while. I'm going to do a little pond fishing. Ooh. And, uh, in fact, my grandson and I are going Saturday uh, do a little pond hopping, depending on what time his soccer game's over with. And uh, I want to talk about ponds for a minute because a lot of times they're overlooked. And I, and I say pond, pond or small lake, you know, mm-hmm. 10 acres or less. Or, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be that big. I mean, an acre's fine. Uh, you can learn a whole lot by fishing a pond. Uh, that's where I cut my teeth as a kid. And, uh, 
And also, kids won't get bored at the pond. If they're not catching fish, they've always got something they can learn. But the whole ecosystem of a pond is just like a river or a lake. It's just on a lot smaller scale, so it's magnified. And uh, this time of year, just like the rivers and lakes, uh, brim are on beds right now. It's a great time to catch catch brim. You can catch a bunch of them. A kid can have a lot of fun, get hooked on fishing. Not uh, drugs. Not drugs, but fishing. Uh, you can say fishing is kind of like a drug, but it's a drug that doesn't have side effects. It just, uh, well, one side effect you can get from uh, fishing is fishing pox. I don't know if you ever heard of fishing pox before, but I get it pretty much every spring. Hmm. Uh, symptoms are uh, lack of concentration at work, uh, late night phone calls with friends, uh, spend more time in bait and tackle shops than normal. Uh, no known cure for fishing pox. Uh, no vaccine? No vaccine. Uh, all you can do is go fishing and end up keep it away for a little while. Uh, I haven't heard. I, I hadn't heard about that one. You talked about pond hopping. I mean, what? amount of ponds are you kind of thinking about going to well my go-to pond is right behind my house but i also have two neighbors uh just down the road a little piece they've got uh one of them's got two ponds and the other one's got one new pond and both of those are real nice and uh not that mine isn't but those are bigger ponds with a bigger concentration of bass in them and my grandson's 10 now so he's handling his uh, equipment pretty good. I started him off with a cane pole at about three years old, hmm. and have worked his way up. And uh, that's another really good thing about ponds and kids, or or even a novice adult fisherman. Uh, you can learn how to use your equipment standing on the bank, which is a lot easier than when you're in a boat. Uh, you know, you can have hands-on help with people showing you the how-tos and. And a good, a really good uh, learning process for uh, a kid or any novice fisherman. Uh, I'd suggest uh, learning and practicing around a pond because once you get in a boat, you've got more equipment to operate and more things to concern yourself with than just casting out there and fishing. You know, you've got the trolling motor, you got the depth finder, you got to watch for boats. It's uh, so. Fishing and your equipment needs to be a afterthought when you actually get out on the water. It should be just come natural to you. It's nothing you have to really concentrate on. It it's something that's kind of like a muscle memory type thing. You've done it so much mm-hmm. that you can concentrate on other things while you're fishing. Let me ask you about this because there's two different types of ponds that I'm aware of. You got your ponds that a lot of people use for cattle. They essentially depend on rainfall to fill them up. Then you got your spring-fed ponds. What are we talking about are best for catching fish? I would really prefer a spring-fed pond myself. I but I, I, I've caught fish out of cattle ponds, but uh, depending on how many cattle are using the pond, they can really make it kind of toxic because, you know, they, they get out there above their, above their waist, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah kind of greens up the water which i don't care for but you can catch fish in those you you can catch fish in those ponds okay sure but you like the spring fed i prefer the spring fed or or any pond that's got good runoff coming to it and by good runoff i mean 
I don't want a cotton field runoff with the chemicals. And a lot of times I'm a little leery of that. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, ponds are always an option, and they're an option for me this weekend. In fact, maybe later this afternoon if the rain holds off. I got invited to go on a little brim fishing uh, mm. trip this afternoon. Look and, at you. Uh, and hopefully the rain will hold off. Great. Now, that's all fishing. Now, you need to report also on non-fishing things here on your fishing forecast with Craig Faulkner. Last weekend, you were supposed to go turkey hunting. How did that work out? Turkey hunting uh, got washed out last weekend. Ooh, sorry about that. I, I did a little bit. Well, I take it back. I did a little bit of hunting off my front porch, but I didn't get any answer. Hmm. I, I did some calling off oh, my okay. front porch. All right. Well, let's clarify before uh-huh. the wildlife people come knocking on your door. <laughs> so uh, you did do a calling. Uh, did, it, did you have any no, I didn't have anything answered back. I, a buddy of mine pulled up there the other day and jumped out of his truck and hit his turkey call, and there was one gobbler right across the road from me. And uh, I've been trying to get him to answer back since then, but uh, I had no luck. It's not illegal to play around with the calls? No, no, okay. no, no. But uh, one thing I want to bring up, I heard a uh, segment on your program either yesterday or the day before, something about wild hog hunting mm-hmm. in alabama in alabama so i looked up in the tennessee manual just to double check and uh state of tennessee wild hogs and coyote are open year-round with no limit and for a landowner in tennessee you can get an exemption and even hunt them at night hmm. and the wild hogs really destroy uh they, they, they can destroy a farmer's property, uh, rutting up, rooting up the ground, and uh, really bad for runoff and uh, soil deprivation. And Governor K. Ivey, I think, if I'm my memory, I'm not as smart as you. I think the story we reported on is Governor K. Ivey of Alabama signed a law where you can hunt coyotes and feral hogs all the time without a license or something like that. I believe that's what I heard. Maybe I, you have to pay a fifteen dollar deal, but I believe it'd be different state to state. So you need to check. But in Alabama, they want those things out of there. I think everybody wants them out. Yeah, of there. I've not had. Luckily, I've never encountered a wild hog in the woods. Have you? I have never uh, seen a wild hog out in the woods. Uh, they're really not in this area. Mm-hmm. I know uh, a lot of areas in Mississippi they're in pretty thick, and I suppose from what I hear, Alabama also. Yeah, and of course, a lot of people go down to Texas for wild exactly. hog hunting, and coyotes also out there. We we don't like either one. They're what we call the original Yankees. They've kind of <laughs> come in here and they ain't going anywhere. But we got to get rid of them. But we can't kill Yankees, but we can kill wild hogs, and also you can kill uh, coyotes. Anything else to report on as we get ready for the weekend? Just uh, good fishing, uh, good hunting to you. Uh, good luck to you. You don't go, you don't know. And since you called him out, are you at uh, liberty to say your grandson's name? Knox. Knox. All right, Knox. Well, your granddaddy here talked about you. I hope you and Knox have a wonderful weekend at the pond. And maybe next week you'll have photos to share with everybody. And you can tell the tale of fishing with your grandson. How's that sound? Sounds like like a winner. Just like Andy Griffith. (laughs) Hey, this is the Y'all Show, our fishing forecast with Craig Faulkner. Everybody, if you're going out to a pond or a lake... Are you going to go some kind of a hunting with a rifle or a shotgun? Have a great weekend doing it. 
More of the Y'all Show is coming right up. we got to look at what's going on across the southeast. Southern Accent. Here's a Southern Sports Update from Y'all.com. I'm Kobe Bennett. The first ever Olympic licensed virtual sports event will be taking place next week, May 13th through June 23rd. The Olympic Virtual Series, or OVS, will feature physical and non-physical virtual sports and is designed to incentivize virtual sport, esports, and gaming fanatics around the world in order to obtain brand new audiences. For those wondering the difference between virtual sports and esports, virtual sports consist of simulators that accurately replicate the real-life equivalent, minus the danger. For example, iRacing requires a steering wheel and pedals which the driver must manually operate in order to drive their car. The International Olympic Committee has partnered up with five different sports federations and gaming publishers to produce the series, and will include virtual events such as baseball, automobile racing, sailing, rowing, and cycling. The IOC is hoping that by having massive participation in the OVS, a ton of buzz will be generated for the long-overdue Tokyo Games. Sports headlines and more at y'all.com. All righty, thank you there, Kobe Bennett, with a Southern Sports Blast here. We're walking our way through hour number one of this y'all show don't forget coming up in just a few minutes when we get into the second hour we're going to have our friday free for y'all and we've got a very special guest dropping by and he's going to be stopping by to talk about his great new bluegrass song that's got to do with the coronavirus jimmy melton henderson tennessee's own will be on in the second hour of today's y'all show it's part of our friday free for y'all and we will have that coming your way in a bit. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We've got ICYMI coming up next. All right, we're closing out this first hour of the Friday Y'all Show. And each week we are just loaded up here on this show with great guests. We've got a great guest coming up in just a few minutes, Jimmy Melton, bluegrass singer, a member of Jamie Johnson's band. And he's going to be on to talk about his awesome new country music song slash bluegrass song that is out right now. And it has to do with bluegrass and the coronavirus a fun tune, and we're going to play Deal With This in Hour 2 of today's Y'all Show. But right now, you got to deal with the fact that we have each Friday here on the Y'all Show, I-C-Y-M-I, in case y'all missed it. And this is just a great chance for you to catch up with a portion of one of our interviews from earlier in the week. And on Wednesday's Y'all Show, we had a very special guest drop by, and he is the author of the new book, Louis Grizzard. The Dog That Did Not Hunt. Peter Stoddard is based in the Atlanta area, and he was on to talk about this great read, almost 500 pages long, about Louis Grizzard, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution columnist that was in over 400 newspapers in his heyday as a writer and author and also musician and a funny guy. And you're going to get to kind of sample a little bit about Louis Grizzard's wit and wisdom in this sample of our interview with Peter Stoddard from Wednesday, go into the Y'all archives to hear more of this awesome interview. You can go to y'all.com and watch the y'all.com interview with Peter Stoddard and yours truly, John Rawl. But right now, here's a little sample of that interview right on the Y'all show. And this is, again, from our Wednesday conversation 
with author Peter Stoddard. And and I'll say with regard to people discovering him, I've encountered people who have all or most of his books on their their bookshelves and and their kids or their grandkids have discovered them pulling them off. And his humor was timeless. He was very self-effacing and uh, uh, and and kids of younger generations pull off a book and they'll look at it and they'll just say, this is the funniest guy I've ever read. Where can we find him? <laughs> and, and well, he's been gone uh, for 27 years. It was March, March 20th, uh, 1994 when we lost him. And in true Louis Grizzard fashion, his last words were newsworthy. And then his remains were somewhat newsworthy. Fill in the audience on what I'm talking about. That is correct. It, it, it's funny when I was in Vincent Barber Dooley's living room and he said, if, when, you, when you die uh, and, and you live a good life, you'll go there. I was wondering if he'd tap me on the shoulder. Uh, he was cremated. and uh, But his last word his before his, his passing was newsworthy. Pardon me? What he said before, just before he died was also classic Louis Grizzard. Well, yeah, he was talking to his cardiologist and he knew he was not going to survive surgery number four. And and one of the cardiologists, Randy Martin, who's a late chapter in my book, cared for Lewis for, for two years and knew his sense of humor. But the two surgical cardiologists explained to him as it's written, you'll see it written that he stood less than a 50-50 chance of surviving. It was more like a 10% chance. And the cardiologist explained that to Lewis and they said, do you have any other questions? And Lewis said, I've got just one question, doctors. When is the next bus to Albuquerque? <laughs> and that ended up, that ended up uh, Randy Martin busted up, but the two cardiologists who, who didn't quite get Lewis's humor uh, thought maybe he expected better cardiological care in, in New Mexico. Uh, <laughs> and that's a fun little clip from our interview from Wednesday with author Peter Stoddard who has written the book all about Louis Grizzard. Louis Grizzard, the dog that did not hunt. And you can go find that at Amazon.com, and it makes for a great read. And just a classic Southerner there and the late, great Louis Grizzard. I'm sure many of you were big fans of him when he was a newspaper columnist all across the nation. We have another hour of y'all coming at you, so stay where you are. We've got our Friday free for y'all getting us going in hour two. And... Singer, songwriter, country guy, bluegrass guy, Jimmy Melton will be on the telephone with us in hour two to talk about his great new song that's out that we encourage you to take a listen to, and we'll be playing that song. It'll get you going here as we get ready for the weekend. This is y'all. Stay with us. Happy Friday. It's y'all. It's our second hour. Jimmy Melton's coming up after this. We're going to get the party going with David Lee Murphy. She couldn't keep from crying when she told me goodbye. But I knew, Lord, it was breaking her heart that she was breaking mine. So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride, I told her not to worry about me. I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking 
looking for a party track Slamming it back And laughing out loud with the smoke so thick The blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care If they're dancing over here Or fighting over there I'm making the rounds Looking for a party track it is the weekend, everybody. It is time for you to get your smiles on and get all those chores done so you can have a long, fun weekend. And that's what we do here on the Y'all Show, getting ready for the weekend. We have some fun tunes and tell you about what's going on across the Southeast. And in just a minute, we're going to be joined by Jimmy Melton. Now, he has this awesome new song and i'll tell you kind of a fun story of how i discovered deal with this and that's coming up a great bluegrass song here on y'all but i'll let david lee keep getting us in the party mode everybody get those vocal cords going in just a second it's a sing-along time it's a tradition here we've been doing for a long time on the y'all show yep knock your neighbor over there on the corner and say tonight i'm looking for a party crowd slamming them back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick the blues can't hang around oh yeah hang around y'all Box jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. I'm making the rounds, looking for a party crowd. We got a lot of great places where parties are going to be going on this weekend. Yes, we're getting back to normal. Stuntmen back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick the blues can't hang around. We're glad that you're hanging around. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We love our music of the South, and we love our music that either gets us in a party crowd kind of way or our music that's got a fun story. We like we like having fun in the South, and we definitely like to have fun on this The Y'all Show with John Rawl, our Number two, so wonderful to have all of you tuning in on great radio stations or at y'all.com, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app. We're just all over the place with our show, and we're just tickled to be here with you wrapping up another week. Well, in this segment of our Friday show, it's what we call, it is our Friday free for y'all and we love to kind of tell you a story oftentimes we'll have an artist on here from years past that will tell you the story about play the song and just kind of have a little music education if you will when we get together here at this spot each and every friday but today on the show we have a really special treat we actually have this artist who is going to be on with us now for a few minutes via telephone to tell us about this awesome song that he has out called deal with this and the backstory on this song is I love country music. I bet you a lot of you love country music, and a lot of you probably have, like me, your favorite country music radio station tuned in and plugged in on your car radio, and that's what I do all the time. 
And when I'm not listening to the Y'all Show, there's a good chance I'm listening to my favorite country radio station. Well, the country radio station I was scanning not long ago, WWYN FM 106.9, I heard this song playing on there, and it was a bluegrass song, for goodness sakes. And that's not something I normally heard on this slick radio station. This was a, a radio station that you tune in to hear all the hits and saw all the, the good songs of yesteryear. You don't hear bluegrass on there. But I heard this song play, and I'm thinking, golly, this song must be the new kind of uh, novelty song that all these country radio stations are kind of getting on board and they should because that's kind of the excitement that country radio needs from time to time is something a little bit different well this is a lot different and this is definitely more of the bluegrass genre if you will but it's a great song it tells a great story and it's called deal with this and it was by a guy named jimmy melton and I, I looked high and low for who the heck this song, who what the song was. I didn't know the actually I didn't know the name of the song nor the artist when I heard it a couple of times. So what do you do in today's world? You Google, and I googled Bill Monroe coronavirus song because the song has to do with the coronavirus and bluegrass music. And I googled and I looked at charts and I just couldn't find it. And I, and I finally got so frustrated I had to call up WWYN Radio. And a sweet Southern, I think she called herself a, a country girl, Joy, could not have been more helpful. And she pointed me to the author, if you will, of Deal With This, Jimmy Melton. He is from Henderson, Tennessee, in West Tennessee. And Jimmy Melton is on with us right now on the Y'all Show to talk about his career and deal with this and a whole lot more. Hello and welcome into Y'all Jimmy. Good morning. Good morning to you and congratulations on the song you really caught my ear and i bet you you've caught the ear of a lot of people with deal with this well thank you i hope so yeah now i'm going to play this song in just a second i hope you don't mind oh i don't mind i like it yeah i like it too because it sounds a lot better on the radio actually but i wanted to tell you that this is so creative we we've kind of got hit with a lot of coronavirus themed songs when the pandemic first started but you took that and took it to a whole new level because you kind of have this throwback to what would the greats of bluegrass think about the way we're having to live our life so tell me about the inspiration of how you wrote deal with this well i've uh i had a year off i'm gonna try to travel as a musician for the last several years and i've been a musician my whole life and the last year it just shut everybody down shut everything down everything that we do and i guess that had just been on my mind all through the whole time period of how much things had changed and i had a record i was going to make a nashville bluegrass record and at the session we could be recorded two days back to back and because uh, i had to have something to do to keep me out of trouble <laughs> and the guitar player that day said, are you having trouble finding strings? And I said, well, no, I, I found a, a store in Jackson called Pops Music, and they had plenty of them. He said, well, I'm having trouble up here finding them due to the pandemic and shipping and everything. And that night, uh, I got a hotel, and I, I thought, I've got to, I need something else for this record. I'm, I'm missing something. Of course, I, I've been a writer for years, and that idea came to me and I wrote it and then went back to watching TV <laughs> recorded it the next morning. It was just kind of there for the taking, I guess. Well, it's a great combination of 
the history of bluegrass, some of these names that you hear in this song, some people may not be familiar with. Not the Jimmy Meltons, but the, the Jimmy Martins of the world. Love that Tennessee well, we song. Confu- we got confused a few times. That was always fun. <laughs> uh, but, of course, you got the, the father of bluegrass big time in this one, Bill Monroe yeah. and, and others. And so we, we are going to play the song, but just so people get a, a little bit of a better idea of who Jimmy Melton is, you grew up in West Tennessee and you became a great banjo player and guitar player. I think it's a family tradition there in the Melton family in, in Chester County, Tennessee. But you actually, as a child, were with Chet Atkins on one of his TV shows at one time and just kind of a, a virtuoso with music. And now you, professionally, when you're not singing great songs like what we're talking about today, we'll find you playing guitar for Jamie Johnson, country music hit maker. So tell me how this music thing's going for you there, Jimmy. Going great. I've, uh, that's all I've ever done. Yeah, that's why I was the, wondering. With the, well, with the exception of a, you know, a few jobs here and there, uh, for the most part, I've been able to, I was always able to make it as a musician. I started playing when I was nine uh, and started going to Nashville shortly thereafter. And I just kept going and kept going and kept going and worked my way into that. And when I grew up, I uh, became a songwriter. Well, I was always a songwriter. I was a writer before I was even a, a player, making stuff up and not paying attention in class and things like that. And, I was always a songwriter, and I, I chased that pretty hard. Wrote, as I tell people, I wrote about five days a week for 20 years <laughs> and had a lot of success with that, had a lot of fun with that, and decided I was going to do something else. And every time I'd try to do that, I'd keep getting pulled back into the music business. And so Jamie needed a guitar player about five years ago when Merle Haggard passed away that he needed a guitar player that knew the Merle Haggard stuff because he was going to do several concerts to fill in for Merle. And I went out to do those, play guitar for him, and wound up staying. It's been great. And the news on the Jamie Johnson front is we had to do this interview here with Jimmy Melton today because you're about to hit the road big time with Jamie Johnson. Oh, yeah, we're going back out and make up for lost time, looks like. I was looking at my schedule last night, and I'm going to be busy. <laughs> yeah, I like it, though. Well, you're going to be busy doing that, but you're also going to be busy. Tell me how the reaction to deal with this is going. I know WWIN's playing it, but how much other traction are you getting from radio stations with this coronavirus-themed bluegrass song? Well, it's my first single as an artist that I've ever done. You know, I was like I said, I was always a writer for other songs. So it's kind of been my introductory single to the, to the bluegrass world. And it's starting to it's starting to catch on. Thank goodness for Win One Hundred Six Point Nine jumping in there and playing it. So you know, folks like you can find me. Yeah, I found it, and I'm glad I found it because it's a great song. In fact, I'm just going to shut up talking about it, and I'm going to give everybody out there because hey, uh, WWYN doesn't have the exclusive on the radio airwaves. We're going to give all y'all a chance to hear this awesome song again from Jimmy Melton. It is called "Deal with This." Enjoy it, and then we'll come back and talk to Jimmy a little bit more here on the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent. Let her go, boys. Well, I stopped into a music store to buy some guitar strings. There were none to be found in the whole dang town. Said they'd sold out since last spring. Ordering online. 
line was another waste of time Cause I can't get the darn thing shims I'll bet my hat that Lester Flat never had to deal with this I never dreamed that I'd live to see the lights And such fool craziness All I know is Bill Monroe never had to deal with this As far as a virtual tip jar Life from my own back porch For a ten dollar gift We'd let it rip Right there by the tiki torch Then a gal from Rock City Said she'd send in fifty If we played some Taylor's film I beg your pardon But Jimmy Martin Never had to deal with this I never dreamed that I'd never see the lights of such fool craziness. All I know is Bill Monroe never had to deal with this. Then we tried it again at an old drive-in Where they parked 12 feet apart And the manager asked that we all wear masks Cause everyone is doing their part Then he said he couldn't sell our live stream show Cause he didn't have enough bandwidth I'll bet good money that Bob and Sonny Never had to deal with this I never dreamed that I'd live to see the lights And such fool craziness All I know is Bill Monroe never had to deal with this All I know is Bill Monroe never had to deal with this Oh, what an awesome song. A song that would definitely put a a smile on just about anybody's face. In fact, I think it would put a smile on the father of bluegrass's face if he heard that one and he would say something. That's pretty good right there. Yes, sir. That deal with this from Jimmy Melton here on the Y'all Show. Jimmy, what a great song. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you for playing it. And, and and I need to know. You told me the backstory a little bit about the guitar strings. Were some of those other nuggets yes. in that song true? Like the Rock City. Every, T- tell me the Rock City story. Well, that uh, I needed the verse about the drive-in was was a hundred percent true because I'd gone out with Jamie to play some shows and they were trying, you know, in the summer and they figured they could keep everybody separated, distance that way at an old drive-in movie. So we had done those, a couple of those, and. The far as the, I noticed a lot of my friends were having virtual concerts on Facebook. Like, you know, it, it was a tough year. We're not touring. So they would get it on their back porch and take requests. And that actually happened to, to a friend of mine that somebody wanted to hear. It wasn't a Taylor Swift song. That was, you know, poetic license, I guess. <laughs> but they wanted to hear something that was just so out of character, like, why are you listening to me for if you want to <laughs> and in the rock city thing i thought well it, it sang good it rhymed good and then rock is the opposite of bluegrass that was kind of an accident i didn't even realize that till i'd already recorded the song i said wow that's 
that just worked out well for me. But every the rest of it was pretty much 100% true. <laughs> Jimmy, I don't mean to embarrass you here on the airways of the Southeast, but you're not Taylor Swift's age. You're not even five years plus I'm or every minus. I'm bit of it. Oh, I'm you are? Okay. All yeah. right. A couple and, times past that. Yeah, yeah. Well, my point I of bringing – I think she's taller than I am. Yeah. My point of bringing her up and you up is the fact that you just said this is your first single as an artist. Yeah, I was always a writer or a musician. And I want to know what took so long. Man, you're good. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I I enjoyed being the the musician and the writer. And there's a lot to being an artist that uh, people don't see. You know, from being out with and, and touring with other, there, there's a whole lot. It looks like they really have it made, and it's, it's all private airplanes and and fun. But it's really a lot of work. It's a lot of you go through a lot to put on. You know, put on a two-hour show at night. You've got 22 other hours in the day that uh, can be pretty tough on them. So I just always tried to stay kind of off to the side, and I, I wound up fronting. I fronted a lot of bands because I was. I was all I'd, I'd get in situations where nobody else in the band would sing or could sing, and so I would kind of step into it like that, and that served me well. We're talking with Jimmy Melton here on the Y'all Show Friday edition. He's got this song out. Deal with this. His first single ever as a solo artist, and it you would I guess you'd have to classify it technically as a bluegrass song, but I heard it on a country radio station, and now today we're playing it on all kinds of radio stations, including sports radio stations. It's a great song, and it is something we desperately need here in 2021, something that is both a history lesson of bluegrass, but also just a fun song. And we need to kind of take a deep breath. And for those of us who thankfully have gotten through the virus, or or it appears we've gotten through it, we need some levity in our lives, and we never want to forget those who suffered and died. And I guess that's a good lead up to my next question: How have you done with the coronavirus? Did you ever get it? Yes, I did. I was. Uh, my wife caught it, and we we were as careful as two people could be. I mean, we wore the mask, we stayed home, and she wound up catching it uh, while riding in a car with someone who who wound up having it, and they were asymptomatic. And she got really sick with it. I, she was sick for about three weeks. I had a headache and a, a dry cough for about two weeks. But uh, I never slowed down as far as it, it never put me to bed or anything. Sure. I, I didn't feel that bad. I was And I went and was tested for the antibodies a few weeks ago. And, and I had definitely had it. I, I had the antibodies. So hopefully, hopefully we'll make it through it with just that. Did it affect your singing at all? Well, it didn't help it any. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was about to think, I, I'm picking on you for waiting so long to sing. Maybe the coronavirus helped uh, uh, square away some of your vocal cords or something. Well, very. it, it always, everything that ever happens, like that leaves you with a little, I've always found out every time I'd have the pneumonia or the flu or, or a major sickness, you know, through the years like that, I would, it would change my voice a little bit. It would uh, deepen it, thicken it a little bit. You know, I guess. Yeah. But well, the main, main thing with that, you just got this. If you're a singer, you've got to sing a lot. It's like anything else. You know, you just don't get up that morning and do it if you didn't do it yesterday without hurting yourself. Yeah. Well, you got this song again, getting a lot of uh, airplay in some portions of the Southeast, and we hope you get lots and lots more. 
what are you going to do if you become the next Elvis Presley when you're out there on the road with Jamie Johnson? Is he is he going to let you uh, go play your own dates? Oh, he he would be great about that. I mean, one of the other guys in the band has a little side career as an artist as well and uh, makes records. Chris Hennessy is his name. And he uh, he manages to work both of them out. If he has something that he needs to go do, I cover for him. And if I have something I need to do, he can kind of cover for me. But I, I don't uh, I don't plan on throwing everything in a van and hitting the road. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Well, this I've done that. So I'm going to I enjoy riding the bus too much. Well, now. this this is, again, a bluegrass type song. I mean, prior to this, would you have considered yourself a bluegrass artist or what were you? Well, I was I was a bluegrass musician growing up. Okay. And of course, back then, uh, bluegrass was there weren't that many people doing it. Like in the eighties, it wasn't as many as a bluegrass is a cycle based on country music. That's where the if, if country music turns into a you know gets too far out, that I guess I would call it. People go back to bluegrass for the roots, like country music can have sometimes, and. At the, at the time, it wasn't an option for me to go do that full time, it didn't seem like. So I went into country music and stayed there all those years. But I never I never stopped. Bluegrass is something, if, if you don't grow up doing it, it's hard to learn. Hmm. Now, did you ever... So I had that background in it. I used to go over to, I got to go to Earl Scruggs' house when I was a kid and take banjo lessons. And, and I played with Bill Monroe and Roy A. Cup and all those guys when I was growing up. So I knew the... I had the background in it, for sure. All right. Almost a bluegrass boy, eh? Uh, That's right. Let me ask you, as a native Tennessean and a proud Tennessean, is that a kind of a conflict of interest that you're out promoting bluegrass music? No. <laughs> no. People, the people automatically think sometimes you're from Kentucky? Well, Kentucky had to come to Tennessee to make it, though. Ah, I okay. always said. Ah, okay. Thanks for Grand Ole Opry was in Nashville. That's there. right. And Bill Monroe lived there, and Jimmy Martin lived there. Well, he was a native Tennessean, and right? Not Jimmy Melton, Jimmy Martin. And uh, one of these days, maybe you'll do like Jimmy Martin did. I always loved how he built this massive headstone for his grave when he was still alive, and he even has a great <laughs> picture of himself pictured next to that grave in madison yeah tennessee he was he was something else one night i got his tickets by mistake at the ryman auditorium for a bluegrass show <laughs> and uh they gave me i got to my seat and it said jimmy martin on my tickets my wife said are you going to go take those back and switch him i said no it's going to be more fun to listen to jimmy martin explain who he is <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious well jimmy melton how do the fans hear this song? What do they do need to do to kind of keep up with you and support you with your awesome song, Deal With This? Well, it's on a – I know there's a link. If you Google Deal With This, in my name, there's a link, and it goes to like an AirPlay Direct for like radio stations. Find it there, and I think it's on iTunes. I'm the most technically – I'm a bluegrasser. I still write on paper, you know. So What's that? I'm not even – I'm not a big computer guy even. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you at least picking up something. They can called find a, me, though. I'm out there. I appreciate you picking up something called a telephone and talking with us today on the Y'all Show and letting us know about what you've got going on. Again, the song I'm, is... I'm hanging out a window, standing on one leg to get a signal out here. So. <laughs> Deal with this is the song. Again, thank you to WWYN Radio for their assistance and yes, getting us connected. Thank you. 
to you here today and best of luck on the road with jamie johnson and thank you again for taking the time and good luck with all that you have going on jimmy melton i'm going to play deal with this to break thank you so much sir thank you appreciate it all right again jimmy melton the song deal with us taking us to break hey don't go anywhere when the y'all show continues you don't want to miss out on the fun we've got to look at some of the college sports happenings around the southeast a little college baseball news and notes as well as the fcs playoffs continuing and then again the tragic story out of austin texas as the brother of sam ellinger found dead on thursday i'll share that it's the y'all show take it away jimmy the whole dang town said they'd sold out since class prime Ordering online was another waste of time Cause I can't get the darn thing shimmed I'll bet my hat that Lester Flat Never had to deal with this I never dreamed that I'd live to see the lights And such fool craziness All I know is Bill Monroe Never had to deal with this This is the Y'all Show back in for a college sports spotlight here on the Y'all Show. And once again, let me thank Jimmy Melton for being on in the previous segment. His awesome song out right now, Bluegrass Song, the coronavirus. So much fun to talk to him, and we wish him well. As we dive into the college sports happenings across the Southland, sad news from the 40 Acres, the University of Texas in Austin, the 20-year-old younger brother of former Longhorns quarterback Sam Ellinger, Jake Ellinger, who was a member of the Texas football team. He was a linebacker. The 20-year-old brother found dead on Thursday, according to police in Austin. Austin police said it received a call at 12.18 p.m. local time, lunchtime there in Austin, and they responded to the 1200 block of West 22nd Street, a residential area just off of the UT campus, and identified the individual as Jake Ellinger, who was a redshirt sophomore on Coach Sarkeesian's football team. No cause of death released on Thursday. Police said the death was not considered suspicious. This is another loss for Sam Ellinger and his family. Sam and Jake's father, Ross Ellinger died back in 2013 during a triathlon in San Francisco, died from a heart attack at age 46. Both sons dreamed of playing for UT after growing up as season ticket holders of the Longhorns. And only just last week, you saw Jake celebrating with his older brother Sam and their sister Morgan, as well as their mom, Gina, after Sam Ellinger was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts in the sixth round of the 2021 NFL draft again number 48 for the Texas Longhorns Jake Ellinger dying and an unfortunate death 
More details are to come, but losing his life at the age of just 20 in Austin, Texas. Mm. Now to the story of Bizarre in college football. So, have you kept up with high school football in Arkansas lately? Well, if you haven't, perhaps you may not be familiar with Kevin Kelly, but Kevin Kelly has been the coach of Pulaski Academy in the Little Rock area for quite some time, and he has won nine state titles there in Arkansas and was named the USA Today High School Coach of the Year in 2016. A pretty impressive run there in the natural state. You'd have to you have to admit that. Yeah, you do. And people hate him because he's been so successful with his high school football team there. He's had players like New England Patriots tight end Hunter Henry come through his program, who just signed a almost thirty eight million dollar deal to the Patriots in the offseason. And other players have come out of the program there at Pulaski Academy he's had a lot of great quarterbacks through the years and the results that he's had on the field coach Kelly are something you you can't have fight because this past year he was 13 and 0 at Pulaski Academy Little Rock Arkansas now why is this guy even in the news well first of all he's in the news because of his philosophy He is all about never punting. He never punts the ball. And he almost always in a game onside kicks the ball. And that's helped him win all of these games in high school football in Arkansas. And we now know that Kevin Kelly is packing his bags and he's leaving the bright lights of Pulaski Academy in Little Rock or the even brighter lights of Clinton, South Carolina, Kevin Kelly is your new head football coach of the Presbyterian College Blue Hose out of the Pioneer League, a non-scholarship FCS league (laughs) that plays teams like Davidson and Jacksonville and Stetson and Valparaiso. And now Kevin Kelly is heading to the college ranks to be the Blue Hose new football coach. I've got to I got to say I'm I'm going to be watching the Blue Hose. I've seen Presbyterian play a couple of times college football. And this is a program that was actually in a scholarship league, the Big South Conference up until I think this year or they're moving to the Pioneer League and they couldn't make it. The the previous highlight of Presbyterian college football over the last 10 years after they moved up to the FCS from Division 3 or 2 or whatever they were in was a game they played against Wake Forest. Their quarterback had this amazing pass behind the line of scrimmage to a receiver, but it was not really a pass. It was a technically a lateral. But the cool thing about it was, I guess at Wake Forest they have an artificial field. The pass was behind the line of scrimmage, but it actually skipped off the turf. Okay, so it's a a lateral behind the line of scrimmage that bounced off the turf right into the receiver's hands. Well, what did the receiver do when he caught the ball? He acted like it was just an incomplete pass. And so he was kind of lackadaisical. Oh, you know, put his head down. No big deal. Well, there was another receiver heading to the end zone. And 
And this was a set-up play. And so the Presbyterian receiver, after about a second of acting like it was an incomplete pass, then stands upright, fires the ball down the field to a wide-open receiver. Touchdown, Presbyterian Blue Hose at BB&T Field, Winston-Salem. And if you haven't seen that highlight, go check it out. It is great. It's one of the best trick plays I've ever seen. That was the, the previous high of PC football over the last 10 years. But now Kevin Kelly heading to Presbyterian College as its new college football coach after leading Pulaski Academy in Arkansas all these years. In hour three today, I actually have some audio from Kevin Kelly. He is part of a a movie-slash-documentary that's out on TV and on YouTube called Overtime SZN, and it's a very well-done, in-depth look at what he was doing at Pulaski, and I've got some audio from that that we'll be playing in Hour 3 today, so you'll learn more about this Kevin Kelly guy moving from the high school to the college ranks to be the Blue Hose new football coach. And i got to give a shout-out to Rob, the athletic director, someone who I've known through the years, great job as lee corso would say great job yes yes kevin kelly now heading to south carolina to be the blue hose new football coach all right moving on more college football news seth mcgowan and trajan bridges are no longer part of the oklahoma sooners football roster that according to lincoln riley he confirmed this thursday The Norman Police Department in Oklahoma said last month that it had responded to a robbery allegation and detained one person with multiple reports saying McGowan and Bridges were involved. The Oklahoma newspaper reported this week that the two players are accused of robbing, beating, and threatening to kill a man and that police found a forty-five caliber Glock handgun in what appeared to be marijuana during a search of Trajan Bridges' apartment. And now... As Lincoln Riley said, they are not members of our program anymore. I would think that would be a good decision, Coach Riley, especially after the accusations of robbing and beating and threatening to kill a man. Pretty easy decision there in Norman. But these two players moving on, perhaps to a jail near you. T.J. Finley is no longer an LSU quarterback. He has entered the transfer portal. Started five games for the Tigers as a freshman in 2020 and put a statement out saying, I would like to express my sincere gratitude for all of the love and support shown towards me this past year and a half. Being a part of LSU's football team has been a dream come true and is one of the reasons I will cherish this for the rest of my life. Although my time has come to an end as an LSU football player, I wish my former teammates and the coaching staff a successful upcoming season. Change is never easy, but is needed for growth finley and three other quarterbacks had been competing during spring practice at lsu and it looks like miles brennan max johnson are the likely leaders of this and now tj finley has to find another spot finley came out of ponchatoula louisiana strawberry country there on the north shore six foot six 242 pounds a four-star recruit before going to lsu ended up having um you know, a chance to be the LSU quarterback, but it looks like he he may be taking his talent elsewhere. In fact, he might end up back there in Hammond at southeastern Louisiana, not all that far from Baton Rouge there in in the Ponchatoula area. If he wanted to go play at the NC at the FCS level of college football, heck, he could even transfer and play for the 
Presbyterian blue hose, and therefore he would never have to punt the ball if that was the decision he made. Presbyterian in the FCS, and speaking of the FCS, the 1AA, if you will, division of college football, they've got the semifinals of their spring football playoffs going on this weekend. And to tell you the matchups, you've got the Delaware Blue Hens. They'll be traveling to South Dakota State where the Jackrabbits await. This is a game taking place Saturday at 12 Eastern, 11 Central. I think ESPN is broadcasting this game between the, the Jacks and Joe Biden's alma mater, the Blue Hens of Delaware. And then we'll take you to Huntsville, Texas, where the Sam Houston State Bearcats will be hosting Virginia's own James Madison Dukes. The Dukes and the Bearcats, this is a game set for 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 Huntsville, Texas time on Saturday. Winners of these games go on to Frisco, Texas for the national championship of FCS football here in the spring of 2021. And that national championship will be taking place on a Sunday, May 16th, next Sunday at 2 Eastern, 1 Central from Frisco, Texas. So good information if you want to see some college football being played this weekend. There is your opportunity. Now to Coach Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats. The Cats now bringing in a couple of assistants and a familiar name. Orlando Antigua and Ron Coleman are leaving the Illinois staff to be a member of UK staff. And previously, Orlando Antigua was a key member of Coach Cal's staff. And Coleman joined coaches, the coach's staff Thursday. Again, they had been with Illinois now moving down to Lexington. Kentucky was 9-16 and 16 on the hard court in this coronavirus season, which was the program's first sub-500 campaign since Eddie Sutton's 13-19 and 19 record back in 1988 and 89. So Coach Cal making a lot of changes. Antigua, a familiar face for Cal as he served on the staff at both Memphis and Kentucky. And I think he took a job. I'm trying to think back where he went. He, he took a job away from being an assistant to be a head coach, and I'm thinking maybe at UCF. I'm going way back here in my memory of, of, of that particular assistant coach now. But, yeah, Coach Cal going back to a familiar territory to try to get some help to try to improve Big Blue Nation's hard-court fortunes. Now to college baseball this weekend, some big matchups in top 25 college baseball. East Carolina out of the American, they have a very good baseball program in the Tulane Tulane Green Wave coming into Greenville. East Carolina ranked number 13 in the country. Also from the South in college baseball, Conference USA's Charlotte 49ers host the Marshall Thundering Herd this weekend. It's a top 20 matchup in the ACC. The Florida State Seminoles and Coach Martin will be at South Bend to take on Notre Dame, the Irish ranked number seven. That will be televised on the ACC network. In Louisville, the U of L host the Duke Blue Devils, the Cards ranked number 15 in the country. Florida is going to try to get a win this evening because they lost their opener to the Kentucky Wildcats Thursday night as UK and number 10 Florida continue their series. It's a top 20 matchup there along the banks of the Congaree as Mississippi State fresh off a win in Charleston Wednesday night against the Citadel. They are taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks about a six-day stay in the Palmetto State for the Bullies, the number four Bullies of Chris Lamonis in South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks in a three-game series there from Founders Park. MTSU and Southern Miss will be getting together in Hattiesburg 
USM ranked number 20 in the country right now. The Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech, another Conference USA member. They are taking on the Panthers of FIU this weekend in college baseball. Old Dominion will be at UTSA. The Monarchs ranked number 22. Tennessee will be at Mizzou. The Vols, a great turnaround there on Rocky Top. UT ranked number five in the country. Mississippi's ranked number 12. They'll be at Bluebell to take on the Texas A&M Aggies this weekend. Alabama will be on West End to take on the number two Vanderbilt Commodores and Tim Corbin. You have Texas and TCU, perhaps the best matchup of the entire weekend. The Horn Frogs hosting the Longhorns. Texas is ranked six. The Frogs ranked number three. That'll be on ESPNU if you want to see some great college baseball being played there. And then you also have the number one team in the country, the Arkansas Razorbacks there at Baumfield in Fayetteville. They have the Georgia Bulldogs coming in. Again, UGA and number one Arkansas. And that is some of the college baseball fun taking place here on this May 7th through 9th weekend we've got more fun coming up here on the y'all show don't miss out on the fun we love being a part and if you want to be a part of the show hey let you know i'll go ahead and give you the advance warning phone lines are open in hour three we want to hear what you're going to do for mama it's mother's day sunday 803-816-1170 we've got a quick look at headlines after this and also a look at movies before this hour's up this is y'all talk with a southern accent Back here, it is hour two of this, the Friday Y'all Show, winding it down for the week. We know you've been working hard, and it's now time to think about the weekend, and we're helping you get in that kind of mind, getting you in that state of thought. Yeah, that's what we do here. I'm John Rawl. Good to have you back here. We've got a quick look at some news headlines from across Dixie that we'll tell you, and then we'll wind up this hour telling you about some movies going on here this weekend if you want to hit the theaters of the southeast some of our headlines big story out of atlanta here is that the mayor mayor keisha bottoms is not going to run for election re-election rather and that's a little bit of a surprise so we told you about that more in hour one and also we told you about from fort jackson an army recruit jumped on a bus with 18 kids on it nobody got hurt he didn't even have a gun he didn't have a bullet in his gun but this Army recruit going through basic training there at Fort Jackson 
in a lot of hot water, as you might expect. And one thing you don't want as an Army recruit is to face the UCMJ. And that's what he's got coming his way, I'm sure, in addition to Leon Lott and the rest of the Richland County Sheriff's Department as this happened in Columbia, South Carolina. But uh, it ended up being okay, but a scary scene there for all the kids on the bus as this Army recruit jumped the fence and, 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 and wanted to go back to his native New Jersey. Now, what kind of idiot would want to leave South Carolina to go to New Jersey? Well, this guy did, and he's not going to be serving in our military, thank goodness, after pulling this stunt. Now, a Baltimore-area rapper who produced a dance song featuring T-Pain is going to spend more than two years in prison for stealing money from his day job to fund his music career. Yeah, how about that? Dance With Me Remix by rapper Chad Focus has more than 19,000 views on YouTube, but now federal prosecutors said Chad Focus, the man behind the hip-hop persona is Chad Arrington, used his company's American Express card to pay online streaming platforms to artificially increase his song plays and to purchase likes and followers across social media to the tune he spent, again, not his own money, his company's American Express card. What a dumb company this is, by the way. <laughs> he spent $4 million not on cars and houses and other really cool stuff. He spent, Mr. Chad Focus, $4 million big ones on trying to boost artificially social media likes and follows and interest in his rapping career. Chad Arrington, knucklehead of the day, and now the 33-year-old from Randallstown, Maryland, who even bought a Times Square billboard to promote himself, according to prosecutors, sentenced following a plea deal. And I'm actually looking at the picture of him in New York City. Uh, he looked like he was having a good time, Mr. Chad Focus. He's not so focused now as he's going to go off to jail for quite some time for stealing again $4 million from here's the company. Write this one down as a bunch of knuckleheads. Somebody better be fired for not watching the books at Agora Publishing. And that's where he worked. He worked for a subsidiary of Agora Publishing. And now this Maryland man going to spend some time to work on his music career behind bars in the Hooskow. Now, a court is hearing the challenge, also from the state of Maryland, a court is hearing the challenge to a topless ban at Ocean City, a ruling last year upheld Ocean City's ordinance barring women, but not men, from going topless at the beach to protect, quote, public sensibilities. And now the court is hearing a challenge to this topless ban. Hey, some of us out here are all for this uh, equal. It would just be equal if men and women both could go cop topless there at Ocean City, Maryland. In fact, I've never been to Ocean City, Maryland, but some of us, I'm not raising my hand saying it's me, some of us might want to go to Ocean City, Maryland, if they allow bare-chested women and men there. And right now in front of Richmond's 4th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, they're reviewing this ordinance barring women and not men from going topless at Ocean City, Maryland's beach for the reasons of public sensibilities some people would say it doesn't make a lot of sense to not let you go out there and do that and lastly here in a headline from across the southeast yeah a bear has been killed not in the mountains of the smokies and not where you might normally find them a bear killed in louisiana 
in West Baton Rouge, Paris, right on the West Baton Rouge, Paris, and Iberville, Paris line on Interstate 10, a vehicle collided with this Louisiana black bear, which there's not tons of them in Louisiana, but sure enough, it killed the bear, <laughs> killed the bear, killed the bear, and now people are investigating with Louisiana State Police after they had to respond to this Interstate 10 collision with a bear and it happened at mile marker 137 in case you want to know where bears might be crossing interstate 10 in louisiana but yeah we've got black bears even in louisiana but they don't have black bears anymore at the university of mississippi thank goodness (laughs) when we come back on y'all a quick look at movies that are opening up this weekend this is y'all talk with a southern accent with your moderator and your friend john rawl Hang on, y'all. All right, we're wrapping up this second hour of y'all. If you want to go to the movie theater this weekend, it just might be a darn good time to do that. Wrath of Man arrives, and this is a movie that's got josh hartnett in it and it is an action thriller also premiering this weekend here today a comedy that stars the great sharon stone tiffany haddish and billy crystal is also in here today mainstream is out this weekend and mainstream is a comedy drama that stars andrew garfield maya hawk nat wolf and others benny loves you It's an animated film. Comedy drama is the section Carl Holt directs this, and he stars in this alongside George Colley and James Parsons. Silent Life is a drama that's out, and that is Isabella Rossellini starring in that one. The Waterman is a re-release of a 2020 movie with Rosario Dawson. It is out this weekend. Infant Terrible, E-N-F-A-N-T is how that is spelled, Oliver Muskoos, as well as Harry Prince in this biodrama on the impact of iconic German New Wave director Rania Werner Fassbinder. And then lastly, Above Suspicion is also in select movie theaters this weekend. Amelia Clark is in that one. And that is a quick look at some of the films and theaters here on this May 7th through 9th weekend. We got another hour of y'all talk with a southern accent queued up and coming at you. Don't miss out on the fun. We'll get things going here with a listen to this high school football coach in Arkansas. You don't want to miss it. It's a lot of fun. This is y'all. Stay with us. y'all and i am john rawl and this is our closing argument i'm flying solo here on this last day of the week hope you're getting ready for an action-packed weekend and got all the chores lined up if you need it maybe better yet you'll find somebody to do the chores for you that's always a nice thing in fact hey if you're a mom you deserve to have somebody do those chores for you because Sunday is Mother's Day. So for all you moms out there, before we get out of here today, let's say happy Mother's Day to you. 
for all of you out there who have lost your mothers. Remember, most of us, uh, if you get to a certain point, you might not have your moms, you might not have your grandmas, great grandmas around anymore. Don't want to leave them out. Always cherish their role in your life. So a special salute to our mothers of yesteryear. But yeah, for those moms and new moms and grandmas and memals and all the fun names we call those, happy Mother's Day weekend to you. And if you've got something, hey, we'll, we'll help you out here on today's Y'all Show. We'll open up our phone lines. And if you've got a Mother's Day tribute or something you want to tell us here at the Y'all Show about Mother's Day, Mama, or, or whoever, or you just got something you need to tell us, text us or, or call 803-816-1170. That's the way to get us here at the show that's all about the South. Coming up in a few minutes here on Y'all, we will take a quick look at some of the headlines from across the region on this Friday Also, we've got a look at Southern festivals. We've got our listing of some of the awesome festivals that are opening up now that states are are doing that. And we will tell you about what's going on across the southeast here on this first full weekend of May. And we will just have a lot of fun doing all that we can to serve you, our fellow Southerners and our Southern wannabes here on y'all. We begin this hour looking at some sports news and sadly from Texas The University of Texas announced on Thursday that linebacker Jake Ellinger, a 20-year-old member of the Texas Longhorn football team, was found dead. He, the younger brother of Sam Ellinger, the current Indianapolis Colts draftee, and Sam had been the quarterback at Texas for the last few years. And just the other day, Jake Ellinger, as well as his sister and his mom, were all part of Sam Ellinger's draft day where he was selected by the Colts in the sixth round. And now this young man, 20 years old, there in Austin at the University of Texas, found dead in a, a very unfortunate thing. There's no suspicious play. Is it, it, That's not what they're expecting here. But a sad story for the Ellinger family after last week was such a, a wonderful day for that family. News out of Norman, Seth McGowan, Trajan Bridges, members of the Oklahoma football team are no longer on the roster. As Norman police said, that they are kind of pulling the finger of these guys. They are alleged to be accused of robbing, beating, and threatening to kill a man as police found a 45 caliber Glock handgun and what appeared to be marijuana during a search of Trajan Bridges' apartment. A wide receiver, McGowan, was a running back for OU and now Lincoln Riley has said both team, both of these guys are no longer part of the Oklahoma Sooners football team. T.J. Finley has left LSU, an LSU quarterback who had been fighting for a chance here in 2021, but he's got competition with two others. And the LSU quarterback from Ponchatoula, Louisiana, who started five games for Coach Ed Argeron as a freshman in 2020, announcing that he's entering the NCAA transfer portal he was very kind in his departure thanking his fellow players at LSU his coaches as well but after competing with Miles Brennan and Max Johnson T.J. Finley says I'm going to take my talent elsewhere and we will find out where what elsewhere is real soon the FCS National Football Championship will be taking place in Frisco Texas next Sunday May the 16th this sun this Saturday rather You've got the semifinals of the FCS College Football Division I AA playoffs for here the, the spring since their fall was canceled 
in FCS football. South Dakota State will be hosting the Delaware Blue Hens in beautiful South Dakota here this weekend, and it probably is beautiful in South Dakota in early May. Haven't been there in early May. In fact, haven't been there the 11 other months of the year. But also here in the South, we've got a semifinal matchup between the Dukes out of the CAA. James Madison traveled to East Texas. They will be taking on the Sam Houston State Bearcats under the big giant statue of Sam Houston there in Huntsville, Texas. The Bearcats and the Dukes and a semifinal contest of college football here this weekend. Also from college football, Kevin Kelly has been hired as the new head coach of Presbyterian College, the Blue Hose, out of the FCS. They're hiring Kevin Kelly. Who the heck's Kevin Kelly? He's been the head football coach for a number of years of Pulaski Academy in Little Rock, Arkansas. And that is a program that has won nine state titles and Coach Kelly named the 2016 USA Today High School Coach of the Year. Pretty impressive feat. Now, why is this guy going from the high school ranks straight to an FCS program? Because he's a winner, first of all. But he does things a little different. Kevin Kelly never punts the ball, and he almost always onside kicks the ball. After he scores a touchdown or kicks a field goal, he just doesn't want the other team to have the ball. And it evidently has worked pretty well for him as this program has won a whole bunch of games. This past year, Pulaski Academy in Arkansas, 13-0 and in another state championship. I think they've won like five of the last six state championships in their division in the natural state. He's had great players. One of his great players that came out of that program, Hunter Henry, who played for the Razorbacks, I think, and then went on to play in the NFL. Hunter Henry just signed a $38 million deal with the New England Patriots. And by the way, Henry's head coach now in Foxborough, Bill Belichick, is a longtime admirer of this high school football coach and said he's probably the top high school coach in the country. Bill Belichick said that at a press conference in December. Now, Presbyterian out of Clinton, South Carolina, they're coming off a 4-3 and three spring season after having its fall season postponed due to COVID-19. They're a member of the Pioneer League. They're moving there from the Big South Conference. And so they are bringing in a high school coach to coach the Blue Hose in South Carolina. I want you to hear what this guy has to say as he has an incredible story. I mean, the, the idea that anybody would do what he's done from a philosophy standpoint, never punting the ball. I guess he doesn't even have that position on the roster, and and, and he does it. Never punts and almost always onside kicks the ball. I'm going to play a clip now from this documentary series about him at Pulaski Academy in Little Rock, and this is part of a program called Overtime SZN. You can find this on YouTube. You could probably find it on other outlets, but I'm going to play a clip of this of Coach Kevin Kelly on overtime, and you'll hear him on here. You'll hear several of his players. He, You'll hear a female voice. He has a female kicker. The original Sarah Fuller was not at Vanderbilt. She's been at Pulaski Academy in Little Rock, Arkansas. But here is a clip from Overtime SZN on YouTube. It's the coach of Pulaski and now the coach of of the Presbyterian College Blue Hose. 
This is what football is all about. This will get you inspired heading into the weekend faux show. Everybody else built this freaking program. They put it on a level. But we've got people all over the country watching a high school team. Welcome to Little Rock, home of the Pulaski Academy Bruins. This is Arkansas. I don't think we wear shoes either. Our coach is different. Trust me, just do exactly what I say, no question. We never punch. We always go for two. This is either going to be really good or really bad. And always onside kick. Are you going to kick me a good one? Go get the freaking ball one time. We won seven state titles, but last year we came up short. This is our story of redemption. Think about how you going to feel if we freaking lose. We're winning that chip. And we're doing it our way. When you were like three, your parents would be like, all right, Charlie, it's time to go to bed. Did they go one, two, two and a half, Charlie? You know how many numbers my kid got? Zero numbers, Charlie. Coach Kelly, he's definitely one of kind. Nobody else like him. Try to grab it. There's the blunt honest truth. We got people dodging bombs in Iraq, and you can't go a little harder at the end. He has the years of each state championship tattooed to his arm. Coach Kelly, he's ripped. He's not afraid to show it off. That's just the way I grew up in South Arkansas. We're a pretty small team, so he makes us look bigger. Because we have but do every job. He doesn't cuss. Freaking finish. At least y'all will freaking try. Ten dang minutes. You never know what's going to be thrown at you. Get on the goal line. We're just going to run. And we ain't doing any more practice. Friends with Bill Belichick. Fourth down, whatever it is, we're going for it. A Harvard professor analyzed 3,000 games. He decided you shouldn't punt the football. We were just trying to find a way to win football games with smaller guys. Coach Kelly has won seven state titles so far. Looking to add to the tattoo this year. Pulaski Academy won four straight state championships. Little Rock Christian ended the run, so it's been a long time the Bruins opened up the season without being the defending champs. To be a quarterback at Pulaski Academy, it's a big burden to carry. Winning a state championship, the cap, your whole high school football experience. Hey, first over, first deep, finish strong. He's the quarterback, and so it starts from him. I've played with Braden since I came over to PA in sixth grade. Nice job, Jaden. Plays hard. Somehow he makes the craziest throws to look easy. The history of quarterbacks at Pulaski Academy, they've all been winners. I get, get the first down. It's more than a game. It's in the blood of the school. For the first time since the start of the 2014 season, the Pulaski Academy Bruins aren't entering a season as defending class 5A state champions. Coming up short last year. He takes a lot of blame for that game. One of the worst feelings. Get on that bus and just, yeah, you feel like you've let people down, the coaches down, the fans. Right now I don't have any college offers. He's short for quarterback, but he definitely can play. If I'm going to play quarterback at 5'10", 170, I've got to be able to go out and prove every single Friday night with bigger guys. I've been fortunate enough to coach Hunter Henry. This team does not have that NFL talent, so we need to work that much harder. And that's a little sample of this series that you can find on YouTube and other outlets, too. It features Kevin Kelly, formerly of the Pulaski Academy Bruins in Little Rock, Arkansas. And this series is called Overtime SZN. And it's well done. I mean, that I played this clip today to get you ready for football. <laughs> and I know for most of us, we got to wait. Although there's two FCS games we just told you about going on this weekend. Uh, most of us going to have to wait a little longer for our favorite college football team to hit the field, whether it be from the high school ranks or the college or the NFL 
route or whatever else is offered this time of year. Canadian Football League ought to be starting pretty soon, eh? But Kevin Kelly, now your new head football coach at PC, Presbyterian College, Clinton, South Carolina. And I have uh, uh, had some fun at PC in my much younger youth. I've, I've partied there. Yeah, I had a good time in Clinton. South Carolina. All right, let's continue some sports talk before we take a break. How about a guy that's uh, needing to party because of what he did on Thursday? Phil Mickelson shooting a 64 to lead the Wells Fargo in Charlotte. And what a great job by Lefty, again, at this awesome, awesome course in the Queen City of Charlotte. He had just missed the cut at the Valspar Championship the previous week in the Tampa area, and now he's doing quite well in Charlotte, getting a 64 from the, I think Phil is 51 years young, or he's 50, turning 51 pretty soon. He's won twice on the over 50 circuit, but has not posted a PGA Tour finish better than his 21st at the Masters in April. So it looks like he's going to be a contender if he can play well on this day he'll have a chance to go into the weekend and be a competitor there at charlotte's great golf course they're hosting this this weekend the latest pga tour stop phil mickelson your leader after round one other people that were scoring well on the championship there from quail hollow and charlotte and we have a, a great event going on by the way max homa i think is your defending champ of the Wells Fargo, and Phil with that 64. Patrick Rogers with a 68. Kramer Hickok with a 68 as well. Englishman Matt Wallace was there. Some other names. Keegan Bradley, who was a runner-up last week, and the Valspar. He's in the, uh, he had a good day of golf on Thursday in Charlotte with a, let's see, he had a 5-under tied with Gary Woodland. And let's see if I can give a shout-out to any of our Good Southern golfers here. Brian Harmon, I think, is from the South. Bubba Watson's in this tournament. He's doing pretty well. Kentucky boy Justin Thomas didn't have the best of days. Justin shot a two-under on his Thursday round. Former Oklahoma State golfer Victor Hovland also in this tournament, and he shot two-under on Thursday. And, again, this will be all throughout the weekend in the city of Charlotte, which has a NFL franchise. I don't know if you know that. Did you know that the city of Chicago may not have an NFL franchise? Yeah, that's right. A story is out at CBSSports.com. The Bears have been playing at Soldier Field since 1971, but according to Arlington Heights, they are thinking about relocating to that Chicago suburb 30 miles outside of the Windy City's limits. And sure enough, during an interview the other day, the mayor of Arlington Heights, Illinois, Tom Hayes, revealed that the Bears were, quote, seriously considering a move to his city. Certainly, the mayor said, the Arlington Park site is available and we would consider the Chicago Bears a great fit for that particular site. I think the Bears are seriously considering it because it's such a unique piece of property. It has so much going for it in terms of its location in the northwest suburbs where a lot of their audience is. So could the Bears become the Arlington Heights Bears? 
<laughs> of the NFL. Uh, Soldier Field's a beautiful property. Remember, what, 10 years ago? For two seasons, I think they shut it down, and the Bears, the Bears, played in Champaign-Urbana at the University of Illinois football field and because they did all these renovations at Soldier Field. And it is a really cool stadium from the inside. From the outside, and I just was there two years ago from the outside. I've not been to a football game inside Soldier Field. It's right on the edge of Lake Michigan. There's not a lot of uh, options there. I'm sure it's pretty difficult for fans to get there. They could ride the the uh, M or whatever M train or whatever it's called there at uh, Chicago, the subway. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's probably a pain in the tuchus on game days, if I had to guess. And so after now 50 years of having Soldier Field in Chicago's downtown, they're they're thinking about moving, and they could move to Arlington Heights or perhaps they'll just move to. I'll tell you where they could move because this. This city really fought hard to get an NFL franchise, and they got one-upped by a city in its own state. Nashville stole away the NFL from Memphis. They sure did. Nashville didn't even really try to get an NFL team for years, and the Oilers were handed to Nashville right over. They went around Memphis to give the franchise Bud Adams to Nashville. Of course, a lot of stuff had to go and work out in their favor for that to happen. But Memphis had worked for a long, long time to get an NFL team, and they did not get one. And then Nashville got handed the Oilers, which played their first year at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, which they despised most people in the Mid-South, the Oilers. And uh, so there is a suburb of Memphis called Arlington. So perhaps the Chicago Bears could, instead of going to Arlington Heights, they could go to Arlington, Tennessee and become the Arlington Bears of Shelby County. Or they could be the Arlington football team. How does that sound? Hey, let's talk about the NBA standings real quick because that association is winding down. I think they've only got about a week, week and a half left of the regular season. And they've got this play-in thing going for the first time in the NBA. So I'll just tell you the 10 teams currently – in the mix, and teams 7 through 10 as they stand would be in this so-called play-in. In the play-in category, you got from 10 to 7, the Wizards are at 10, Pacers at 9, your Charlotte Hornets are at 8, your Miami Heat are at 7. So those 10, those teams there are trying to work themselves up a little higher to not have this play-in. The Celtics are right now sitting at 6, your Atlanta Hawks have come off the mat, and they're sitting at a 37-31 and 31 mark, good enough for fifth place in the Eastern Conference. And then four is the Knicks. Wait, way to go, Knicks. I mean, where do they come from? The Milwaukee Bucks and the Greek Freak are currently sitting at three. They've clinched a playoff berth, by the way. And then you've got the Nets and 76ers atop the Eastern Conference of the NBA. And all this is certainly subject to change as we work our way through a couple of weeks here before the season completely wraps up. It's, it's regular season, at least. Looking at the Western Conference, same thing there with the play-in option. And you've got teams in the 7 through 10 standing standpoint that are fighting to possibly get better so they don't have to be in the play-in. But as we sit here on this Friday, the play-in teams consist of San Antonio in the 10 spot, your San Antonio Spurs, your Memphis Grizzlies now at the 9 spot, the Grizz right at 500. They are 33 and 33. The Golden State Warriors are at 8. 
Portland is at seven. Then your team's right now sitting in pretty good shape to make the playoffs, but still not a done deal. Lakers in the sixth spot. Your Dallas Mavericks are at five. Denver, four. Clippers, three. The Phoenix Suns, two. And hey, how about the Utah Jazz leading the Western Conference with a 48 and 18 mark? They've won three straight games in the NBA. So good job there. By the way, the 76ers, leaders of the Eastern Conference, have been on a six game win streak. Good job there. This week, our weekend in Major League Baseball, a look at your series. You got the Pittsburgh Pirates at Chicago. The Boston Red Sox will be taking on Baltimore, fresh off a no-hitter. The O's welcome in their rivals from New England. The Nationals, in a good interleague matchup, will be at Yankee Stadium to take on the New York Yankees. The D-backs and the Mets get together this weekend in the Big Apple. You got the Reds and the Cleveland Indians in an all-Ohio matchup this weekend. The Brewers and the Miami Marlins getting together. Twinkies and the Detroit Tigers. National East National League East battle between the Phils and the Atlanta Braves at Truist Park. You got the Mariners and the Texas Rangers getting together in Arlington. Chicago White Sox at Kansas City. The Blue Jays, now of Buffalo, I believe, they are playing the Houston, uh, Houston Astros this weekend. Rockies at St. Louis Cardinals. The Dodgers and the Angels in the freeway series. The Dodgers have lost actually a bunch of games. I think they've lost nearly eight of their last ten games, something along those lines. The Tampa Bay Rays will be all the way out on the left coast to take on Oakland. And then a good game between a good matchup between the San Diego Padres and the San Francisco Giants taking place this weekend. That's what's happening on Major League Diamonds across the country. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to switch over and have more fun telling you about festivals going on across the southeast from strawberries to so much other good springtime stuff it's time for people to get out and have fun we'll tell you where to go and we'll do that in our southern festival spotlight festive south it's up next on y'all Have you ever heard about the fire that happened way down in that Mississippi town? Have you ever heard about the fire that happened way down in that Mississippi town? I was standing there when old building burned down to the ground. I don't think I heard about that fire there in Adams County, Mississippi. Hello, welcome back to y'all. I'm John Rawl. Always a pleasure to talk about what's going on across the southeast and to showcase our great music of the south as we do there. That uh, good little selection there about the fire in Natchez, Mississippi town. And want to say once again, thank you. In hour two today, we had a very special guest on with us, Jimmy Melton. And he's got a great new song out. If you haven't heard it, oh, you need to go to... I guess you need to go to iTunes because that's where he said we could all go 
and go find his awesome coronavirus-inspired bluegrass song. It is a good one. It's called Deal With This, and it is out right now. And we had him on. If you didn't hear it, we actually played it in hour two. If you get a chance, check our podcast out at y'all.com, the homepage of the South, and you can hear it for yourself. And if you like it, and I know you will, you'll be telling everybody on Mother's Day about this awesome song from Jimmy Melton, Henderson, Tennessee native, and what he's got going on in the bluegrass world and music world. He's about to hit the road, as he told us in that interview, as he's uh, the guitar player for country music singer Jamie Johnson. All right, let's continue here on the Y'all Show. We aren't going to be able to join Jamie Johnson on the road for the concerts, but we can get on the road here as a, a, a region and enjoy some good southern festivals. As we've got festivals now popping up, thank goodness it's about time, don't you think, that we can get back to the way things used to be this time of year in the springtime and go to festivals all over, lots of options, and we're going to tell you what some of those options are here for this weekend, our first full weekend in the month of May. And if you can get to West Memphis in Arkansas, it's the 10th annual Mid-South Great Steak Cook-Off. And that takes place Saturday there just on the opposite side of the mighty Mississippi from the Bluff City in West Memphis, Arkansas, your 10th annual Mid-South Great Steak Cook-Off. I'm going to have to get to Memphis, or technically West Memphis. I'll I'll be happy getting to Memphis. I'll just have to have enough energy to cross that bridge and get over to West Memphis and uh, maybe check out a dog race before those things get banned soon and, and go to this steak cook-off. Not a barbecue cook-off. They got that in Memphis on the other side of the bridge. In fact, that's a big deal this weekend there at Tom Lee Park. I think it's what it's called there in Memphis for the world barbecue competition that takes place in most years. It didn't happen in 2020, but the great steak cook-off is in West Memphis here this weekend. The Hippie Fest takes place in Salisbury, North Carolina, and this is taking place at the fairgrounds there, 1560 Julian Road, and a, a hippie fest. If you've always wanted to be a hippie and you missed out on the 60s, well, you can just go share the, with your your pictures and your music and maybe some other things that people did back in that era. If you work your way to Salisbury, North Carolina, for a hippie fest, that's taking place this weekend. In the Mid-South, it's the West Tennessee Strawberry Festival. I think it is the 83rd West Tennessee Strawberry Festival. It's been going on since May 2nd. It winds down this weekend. This is in downtown Humboldt, Tennessee, Gibson County, home of one of our great affiliates, Humboldt, Tennessee. And that would be WTJK-FM 105.3, Fox Sports Jackson, the the station that broadcasts all over West Tennessee's tower located in beautiful Humboldt, Tennessee in strawberry town, not strawberry town, Tennessee, because they got competition for that. I'll tell you about that in a second, but it's the West Tennessee (laughs) strawberry festival. Lots of stuff going on in Humboldt. Check it out. If you're in the area now, Tennessee, I didn't know was the strawberry capital of the world, but it must be because this weekend in middle Tennessee, It's the 80th annual Middle Tennessee Strawberry Festival. So you got the West Tennessee 
and the Middle Tennessee Strawberry Festivals, both taking place the exact same time and both nearly lasting about the same length of time. This is the 80th year in Portland, Tennessee, is where your Middle Tennessee Strawberry Festival is. Hey, East Tennessee, you got a strawberry festival taking place this weekend? I don't think you do because I would tell you if I, if I had the information. I don't have that kind of info. East Tennessee is behind the times. They're getting uh, passed over by West and, and Middle Tennessee for strawberry festivals. But, yes, in Portland, and that is just to the north of Nashville, right along the Kentucky border, south of Franklin, Kentucky, it's the 80th annual Middle Tennessee Strawberry Festival this weekend if you want to get out and check that out. Now to Oak Grove, Kentucky. It's the Spring Blues Festival. This is at the Oak Grove Racing Gaming and Hotel at 777 Winners Way Spring Blues Festival. And I know where Oak Ridge, Tennessee is. I'll be honest with you. I think I know where Oak Grove, Kentucky is. I'm going to have to do a little cheat here and find out. I know it's near a uh, a racetrack. It is right on the Tennessee border, and it is near Clarksville, Tennessee. That's where this is. I guess it would be near Hopkinsville, Kentucky. It's where Oak Grove, Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, rather, is. So here's two places in that Kentucky, Tennessee area to tell you right near each other. you got Portland and the Strawberry Festival in Tennessee, and then you can cross over that big border, get your passport stamp when you go into the bluegrass of Kentucky, and attend here the Spring Blues Festival in Oak Grove at the Racing, Gaming, and Hotel there in Oak Grove, KY. And Johns Island, South Carolina. Yeah, they named that after me down there. Johns Island, it is, how about this one, the Carolina Girl Yacht Mother's Day Brunch Cruise. And it is on Sunday, Sunday at 2408 Maybank Highway at the Carolina Girl Yacht Club. The Carolina Girl Yacht Club's Mother's Day Brunch Cruise. That sounds like a lot of fun and good on them on on John's Island for having a girl yacht club. (laughs) I I, I don't know much more. I don't know more details, but if you get a chance to go to John's Island, that's just to the south of the city of Charleston, home of the Angel Oak Tree, the most amazing tree in the south. And we've got a lot of amazing trees. If you don't know about Angel Oak, Google it. It is fantastic, and uh, it's rather big, too. But there on John's Island, beside having a big old oak tree, they've got the Carolina Girl Yacht Club and its Mother's Day brunch cruise this weekend to Lee County, Mississippi. They got hit by tornadoes on Sunday, but here this Saturday, it's the Gumtree 10K and 2K Fun Run in Tupelo, Mississippi. Elvis would be proud in his hometown, and that's on Saturday at Tupelo City Hall. Check it out for the gum tree, which, of course, Tupelo, I think, is a type of gum tree. The Gum Tree 10K and 2K Fun Run. And that takes place Saturday in the capital of Lee County in northeast Mississippi. And then lastly, in Fredericksburg, Texas, this weekend, it is the Margarita Festival. And this takes place at the Stable Cocktail Bar at 102 East Ufer Street in Fredericksburg, Texas. This is kind of the German hill country, I think, of Texas. But they're instead of having uh, later hosing on and having their beer steins out this weekend in honor of a, a late celebration of Cinco de Mayo in Fredericksburg, they're all getting together for the Margarita Festival. So all I can say is uh, uh, hola and guten tag also to everybody in 
Fredericksburg, Texas. And that is a quick look at some of the fun stuff going on this weekend as we are getting May going big time with festivals all over the Southeast. Sounds like a lot of fun. When we come back, we'll give you a quick look at some headlines and what's going on around the Southeast from a news standpoint. I'm John Rawl. Thank you so much for being part of Y'all, powered by the homepage of the South, y'all.com. Closing things out here this hour of y'all, and we're also closing out another exciting week of talk about everything Southern John Rawl. I'm having this uh, closing argument all by myself. We'll try to get Art Cruz back in here on the Monday edition. I've got a look at some headlines here as we wrap things up, and don't let me forget, I'm going to tell you about a record-breaking fish. Where's Craig Faulkner when you need him? Record-breaking fish caught in West Virginia and and then released. What were they thinking? I'll tell you about that in a second. But wrapping up a quick look at some headlines here on this Friday. The mayor of Atlanta, Georgia, Keisha Bottom, says she's not going to run again for the mayor of Atlanta. Of course, she came under attack a couple different times and drew some uh, scrutiny from the president at the time, President Donald Trump, when we had some unrest in Atlanta following a man's killing by police in 2020. And it has just come out here in the last couple of days. One of those officers that Keisha Bottoms fired has now been reinstated in Atlanta, Georgia. So I don't know if that had anything to do with her deciding to not run again for mayor of Atlanta, Georgia. But a change of Atlanta's leadership coming in the near future. A story out of South Carolina, a, a soldier going through basic training at Fort Jackson, which is the largest basic training post in America for the United States Army. This Army recruit jumped a fence and then hijacked a bus with 18 kids on board there in the Columbia, South Carolina area. This guy did this because he was trying to get back to his native New Jersey. Jovan Colazzo, 23-year-old there, idiot, knucklehead, who, again, going through basic training, is now facing charges, including 19 counts of kidnapping for the 18 kids on the school board, school bus, plus the driver. That, according to Sheriff Leon Lott of Richland County, South Carolina, who said this was probably one of the scariest phone calls 
he has ever received in law enforcement. The general of Fort Jackson, the basic training home of the United States Army, General Milford Beagle, U.S. Army, said the recruit jumped the fence at Fort Jackson in an attempt to return home. And Beagle said his weapon that he had did not have ammunition, but those on the bus would not have known that. Turned out pretty well, but a scary scene there. They actually have, of course, as most school buses do, video of him climbing aboard there and becoming a real idiot there. Judson College in Alabama, in Marion, Alabama, the fifth oldest women's college in America, is closing. Nearly 200 years, Judson College has been up and going and now shutting its doors. A sad story from the heart of Dixie here, wrapping up this week. LSU has picked its new president, William F. Tate IV. He had been an administrator at the University of South Carolina and was nearly picked to be the leader of the University of Tennessee in 2020. He's now chosen to be the chancellor of the Baton Rouge campus and the administrator of the entire LSU system. He becomes the first black leader of a university in the Southeastern Conference. Congratulations to William F. Tate the fourth for that. How about this story, a disturbing story coming from out of the Atlanta area. Two men now charged, or actually I think it's a man and a woman, a man and a woman charged in the death of a 97-year-old Decatur, Georgia man. As police discovered in DeKalb County the body of William Scott in his home in Decatur earlier this week, and he was shot. And police have now taken Mark Patrick Fleck of Tucker and Devin Michelle Young of Ackworth, Georgia, into custody. And they're now being charged with third degree. Uh, in addition, they're being charged to forgery. They're being charged for this murder as they are alleged to have killed a 97-year-old man in the state of Georgia. Knucklehead outside of Kid Rock's bar in Nashville got into a scuffle with police there and assaulted the police officers with a colostomy bag. And now he's facing charges for assaulting those officers, as well as disorderly conduct and public intoxication. I had no idea this guy, 39-year-old Nicholas Newhart, I would never have guessed that you would have told me that he was under the influence when he got into a fight outside of Kid Rock's, (laughs) how about the name of this place? Kid Rock's Big Honky Tonk Rock and Roll Steakhouse. It was supposed to be Big Blank A. S and then another letter, but I think Nashville fought him over that name or something. And it's kind of a fun, funny story for a while, but it's Kid Rock's big honky tonk rock and roll steakhouse. And outside of there is where this man got into a scuffle with police and tossed a colostomy bag. And it actually, it, I think it burst open in, in Nashville. Not, not, not good news for music city, us of a, A bear killed on Interstate 10 outside of Baton Rouge. It crossed the highway there on Interstate 10 at the Iberville-West Baton Rouge Parish line Thursday morning, and a car hit it. And now this bear, a Louisiana state bear, a Louisiana, what is it called? It's a Louisiana black bear. There you go. It has uh, entered the great beyond. But, yeah, you got to be careful, even in Louisiana, for bears, in addition to the deer and the other critters across, how about, seeing that on interstate 10 and you know it's not far heading west out of baton rouge that you have the roughly 25 mile stretch of highway where you can't exit because it's all over the what is that uh chafalaya basin hey i'm i actually pulled that one out of nowhere and uh 
yeah, you got to be careful when you're going through the Pelican State for sure. Now you got to be careful for for bears. Eh. All right, how about a fish story that you can believe? A record-breaking fish has been caught and released in West by God, Virginia. A record-breaking muscalunge fish caught, and the angler who caught that had to throw it back there. Chase Gibson, who is a fishing guide in the Mountain State, reeled in a muskie that weighed 39.6 pounds and measured 54 inches long, and he was fishing at Burnsville Lake near Clarksburg and Charleston at the time, and he said to a local TV affiliate in West Virginia, I was fishing a timbered cove with a lot of crappies suspended on the timber. I caught it on a musky innovations dying dog. Craig, where are you? Help me out with what he's talking about here. But a record-breaking fish caught in West Virginia, 39.6 pounds. That ought to fill you up for sure. And then lastly here, as we wrap up our, our information passing along to you here, which state is addicted to porn? Well, Pornhub, I have no idea how reputable that is, has been tracking more than 42 billion individual visits to their site. It's one of the world's most popular pornographic websites. You know you've been there. I'm just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> uh, each day, according to their information, 115 million people log on to the X-rated site and... 1.36 million hours of new content added. That's 169 years worth of viewing on Pornhub. Uh, kids, cover your ears. Well, they've been able to track the information of all the visitors they have. And they've got a breakdown of the time spent per visit here for American states. States that you went there and spent the most amount of time on Pornhub.com. And... Mississippi is actually first at something. Mississippi is number one for time spent per visit at Pornhub with 11 minutes and 26 seconds being the length of time Mississippians spend at Pornhub. It's like an all-SEC breakdown here. Just almost as long at Mississippi at 11.26 was Alabama at 11 minutes, 13 seconds. So you got them by 13 seconds, Mississippi time spent visiting Pornhub. Georgia, 11 minutes and 7 seconds at Pornhub. South Carolina, 11 minutes and 6 seconds. Louisiana, 11 minutes and 4 seconds. How about you, Tennessee? At Pornhub, you spend about 11 minutes and 1 second. Missouri, 10 minutes and 59 seconds. West Virginia, right at 10 minutes and 59 seconds. And then, lo and behold, Indiana is just below West Virginia. And then the District of Columbia. So, I didn't say Florida. I didn't say Kentucky. I didn't say Texas. So some of our southern states are doing pretty well by not going to Pornhub to do whatever people do at Pornhub. But Mississippi, congratulations. You're the number one state for time spent at Pornhub. How does that make you feel? (laughs) Mama, it's Mother's Day weekend. Mama, you proud of that? Probably not. We have one last segment. Stay tuned. It's y'all talk with a Southern accent. After talking about that, I I think I'm going to have to go get a shower now.
All right, we have reached the end of the Y'all Show for this week. want to thank everybody for being a part of the fun. It is always a pleasure and an honor to serve you as your ambassador of the South. I am General John Rawl, CSA, Certified Southern American. Happy Mother's Day, all you moms. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your role in getting us all here. Thank you to my own mother and, of course, my grandmothers who've both passed on, but uh, certainly a big part of my life. And hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll be right back here on Monday to get the fun started with a whole new week of talking about the South. Oh, we're going to have a great time. Again, thank you for listening to y'all. We'll see you Monday.